0: It was an eventful 2020 for Apple, and in this episode of the Macworld Podcast, we'll take a look at the year in review for the company with our thoughts on what went right and what went wrong. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Macworld Podcast. I'm Roman Loyola, here with Jason Cross. Hello. Michael Simon.
1: Hello, everyone.
0: And joining us from the United Kingdom, from Macworld UK, is Karen Haslam. Hi. And David Price. Hello. So even though it's 2021, we're going to take a look back at 2020 for Apple. Each person is going to give a grade for each category that we talk about. I'll introduce the category, and then I'll pick a person to just start the discussion, and then we'll just proceed from there. How does that sound, you guys? Good. Work to me. Here we go. So let's start with Apple's uh, developments in the iPhone arena. A lot happened with the iPhone in 2020. Uh, Let's start with, I'm going to pick Jason. Jason, what are your thoughts on Apple's 2020 with the iPhone?
2: Uh, I thought they had a great year for iPhone. I thought iPhone 12 is a a fantastic piece of hardware. I think they gave people uh, what they want in terms of sizes, features, design changes. You know, uh, 5G on everything is great that's and that's something their competitors aren't really doing a good job of it's it's actually not that expensive when you compare it to other high g uh high-end 5g phones and stuff so i I thought they they sort of killed it with iphone this year um ios 14 is is a big leap forward but we, we've got a software category where i think that we, we can talk about that more um so i gave them an a i think they're you know it, I can't it's not that I can't imagine them ever doing anything better and I really wish they would have had promotion on the pro phones this year but yeah they're they're doing a great job with iPhone
3: I was going to give a special mention to the iPhone SE because it's easily forgotten because it happened at the beginning of the year um, just as we were being plunged into lockdown and everyone had all those sort of financial concerns associated with that and Apple goes and brings out a cheaper phone that was smaller that had the home button that lots of people were craving so i think you know that was really great news and I've, I've heard recently apparently the um iphone 12 mini isn't selling so well and i wonder if it's because people are turning to the se instead so i think you know it's definitely worth uh, that's the the se itself is probably worth a b or so so
4: yeah i think it's been a brilliant year for the iphone too um i i reviewed three of the of the 12 series, uh, and I thought they were all excellent. I think the 12 mini, um, I'm sort of sorry to hear that it's not selling well, because I think that's maybe the most compelling of the four in the autumn. Um, I think there's definitely a case use for it. um, And I'm surprised more people aren't buying it because it's a great size, it's a great, powerful phone, and it's a good price. Um, So, I mean, if I was buying for myself, that's probably the one I'd go for.
1: I mean, I think the SE is, a, a real standout release particularly if you look at the the android landscape i've used a lot of 400 dollars android phones and with the exception of the pixel uh, 4a they're all very forgettable and the iphone se delivers that you know what you need not necessarily what you want in in terms of you know the the, the oled screens and, and face id and things like that but what people need which is a fast processor a good amount of storage a, a great screen a nice design wireless charging In a a very affordable package for for 399, it's it was it was very impressive to to kick off the year. And as Karen said, the the timing of it, I don't know if that was purposeful, but it was it was perfect because people were struggling big time, and the 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 outlook was uh, was even more uncertain than it is now. And you know you can get a really good. It wasn't a compromised phone. It was a it was a three and 399 phone that had the same or a lot of the same internal parts as the at the time the the flagship. So yeah, the iPhone SE was, was was awesome. And, you know, the 12 too.
3: I'd almost say that the 12, you know, it's come in with, obviously it's got the great cameras, it's got the LiDAR scanner, it's got um, 5G. But, you know, 5G is important for the future, but right now it's probably not a big big reason to buy the 12, um, apart from for future proofing. So, you know, the SE just just looks like a good option. If you don't mind having a small phone.
4: Everything about the 12 series, I would say, is all about future proofing. It's quite hard. I can see it's difficult for Apple to to whip up a sort of marketing spiel about it because a 5G, as you said, is is not that useful now, particularly in the UK. And that's what they hung it all on. That was the big tent pole feature. Um, but I think that's true of all of it. Like the, the processor is more powerful than it needs to be right now. LiDAR is not going to be such a big deal until sometime in the future, just generally it's better than it needs to be which sort of sounds like a joke but it's tough to it's tough to convince somebody whereas the se i think that's a really good point you make is is that's actually more compelling in some ways because it's cheaper and it's good enough rather than better than it needs to be
2: right yeah the the best case for the iphone 12 is to say well you're buying a phone you're going to keep for four or five years You know, as as a lot of people do, it's it's, for people who upgrade every year, it's it's hard to see the case for it. It, They didn't need to make a faster phone. Their last year's iPhone is still faster than all their competitors. Yeah, and the
1: fact that the pricing stayed relatively in line with the iPhone 11 is also, you know, I, I don't think Apple gets enough credit for that. They, when you look at like phones like the Samsung Galaxy S20, which tops out at 1400 bucks, the Note 20. Uh, 5G phones aren't cheap. Google came out with one that has a mid-range processor for $700. Apple sells a, the iPhone 12 mini with the fastest processor they make for the same price with an OLED screen, with 5G, um, both both um, sub-six and millimeter wave. So you don't have to, they're not gouging you for, as we say, future-proofing. They're saying, oh, this is, this is the stuff you're going to need down the line
3: you realize here in the UK we don't have millimeter wave so we don't have that option here so that's interesting from the future proofing perspective if you're in the UK should you buy an iPhone 12 because you won't have that capability so
1: yeah the international millimeter wave thing was confusing and they didn't really explain why they did that i mean obviously it's a cost thing but they didn't it's it's not first of all it's not really sold that way like it's a 5G phone when you dive into the specs you see that and yeah, it's it's odd that they would sell it in the U.S. when they can clearly make it for a certain price, but in the U.K. it's it's just missing. And also other other countries. But I gave it an A too. I didn't. I don't think I said that, but I, I gave the iPhone an A for this year, as well.
0: David, what was your grade? Uh, a.
4: Assuming we're not allowed to give pluses, so I would have been tempted with. I would have been tempted with an A plus to be honest. I thought it was
0: very good. Very good year. Karen, did you say a B?
3: So I said a B for the SE because obviously it is it is less powerful than the um, 12, um, and the 12, yeah, you know, they're a great great set of phones. It, it helps I'm comparing them to the XL, which is a 10R, which I'm using at the moment because when I tried the camera on the 12 Pro Max, it was amazing. But you know that was a big jump, so and most people probably will be upgrading from a 10 or a 10R, you know. So yeah, it's it's a, it's a it's an impressive phone. So yeah, it's worth an A, but um, I'm just, you know, I just thought we should give a, give a sort of shout out to the SE.
1: Yeah, we're we're very spoiled here, to use everything new uh, every year. But yeah, if you're coming from the ten or or the eight, it is just a massive. And upgrade.
3: a lot, that's what a lot of people are doing because we're we're seeing a lot of people looking for information about the eight because they're trying to find out what kind of a difference it will make to them. So you know.
0: Well, those are high marks for the iPhone. We've got a lot of ground to cover, so we're going to go on to the next category, and that's the somewhat related iPad. I I think it's fair to say it didn't have a big a year as everything else in Apple's product lineup. Is that would you say that's true, uh, Karen? I
3: uh, I don't know actually. I was I was thinking about that because obviously we had the iPad Pro update in March, but then um, in September we had the iPad Air, which it had the redesign, it had slimmer bezels, it lost the home button but kept Touch ID which I think is amazing because right now while people are using masks, don't you want Touch ID on all phones? <laughs> um, and, it, and when the iPod Air arrived in um, September, it basically made the iPad Pro that had arrived in March pretty much redundant because who needs an iPad? Honestly, I, can't, I cannot really understand why anyone needs an iPad Pro, especially given that the Air is now it's got a faster processor. There's, you know, the iPad Pro offers you the lidar, but yeah, I'm not really yeah, I'm not really sold on the iPad Pro. You might might sort of gather from that. Um, and there was obviously there was a new iPad in September which Apple will sort of claim there was a great jump in performance, but then in 2019 the the processor wasn't updated in the iPad. So it kind of had some catching up to do. So I would say, you know, iPad in 2020, the year it turned 10, um, the iPad Air is the one that takes the sort of the sh- the spotlights because it was a decent upgrade and an interesting sort of change. Whereas the others kind of just just happened in the background. If it wasn't for the iPad Air, it would definitely be a sort of a, a flunk year. Um, but I'd say because of the iPad Air and the changes there, I'll give it a B. I'm not sure how positive we're being here overall are we going to be handing out lots of a's and b's or you know but but yeah i think the ipad air Do you sure no,
2: no pressure, pressure. Whenever, whenever you feel. Don't worry, yeah me. there's your like a, a c okay. would be average and then okay. you know
3: yeah but. i'm going i'm going with b because of the ipad air but if the ipad air hadn't launched then it would be an e or an f
2: <laughs> it's
4: been a weird year so the, the ipad pros came out early on and seemed good at the time and they've been completely ruined you're absolutely right by the ipad air which is a great iPad. Um, and I wanna give quite a high mark for that because I think the the iPad Air is very compelling. It's a great redesign. It's a powerful machine. It means you don't need to buy an iPad Pro, which is sort of complicated from a, a corporate point of view. That's maybe not a great thing for them, but it's a good device. And I think the actual, the, the eighth gen uh, iPad that came out with it is also a good, it's a good value in between an iPad. It's, you know, it's, it's a good one to get. It's just it's as complicated, isn't it? Because it makes people think, why do I buy an iPad Pro or why can't Apple put Touch ID on the iPhone 12 if it can put it in a power button? Um, It's sort of it is another of these cases where they've made the iPad Air too good that it makes everything else seem a bit rubbish by comparison. So I'm thinking of I'm thinking like you would be um, these are good iPads, but it's sort of not been organized very well, if you see what I mean.
2: Uh, yeah, I agree with both of you, and I agree with the B. Uh, I also wanted to just, and for this, all the same reasons, um, I wanted to bring up, I also thought what they did well this year was um, I, I had OS 13.4, where they added mouse and keyboard support, uh, really went a long, they were very thoughtful about how they in, implemented sort of mouse support and touchpad support, and it went a really long way toward making the iPad way more of a productivity device than it had been. Uh, and they brought out the Magic Keyboard accessory for the iPad, which is phenomenal. It's, it's like the best way to use your iPad as a sort of productivity device. So I think those were great advancements in separating out the iPad from the iPhone more as a like, look, you can do real work on this. They've got a lot of way to go still and a lot of things I'd like to see them do. But um, kudos for like taking significant steps there finally.
1: I'm kind of on the fence between if, if we're not doing pluses, like I would probably give the iPad closer to an A minus. I think I, I got my son an iPad Air for Christmas and man, it is just remarkably awesome for, for, for the price, for what you're getting, the USB-C, the screen, the, the Touch ID sensor. I mean, I, like it's, it's, it's hard to see where Apple goes now with the iPad Pro. So yes you're getting the lidar stuff and yes you have it's a better screen and and I just as as you all said I don't know what the reasoning to buy it is even if even if the iPad Air had an A13 processor it would still it would be it would be a tough sell but with with the with the speedy processor I, I, it's it's such a, an incredible machine it's almost like Apple can say all right this is it now we're we're doing the iPad with you know with the with the with the with the home button for 329 and the iPad Air and that's it everything else is gone because they don't they don't they don't need the other stuff and it's 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 hard to criticize the Apple for coming out with the with a cheaper product that makes its more expensive products not worth it because the cheaper product is so good and i agree the magic keyboard's fantastic to the point where i wish they would come out with a tiny one for the iPhone because that that thing is awesome and i i don't know with that magsafe i'm not sure why they didn't it's such a great keyboard it's a little heavier than I'd like, and it's way more expensive than, than I'd like. But it's it's if you can afford it, it's worth it. It's it really turns the iPad into a, a a completely different type of machine, and also highlights many of the things that are wrong as we'll get into the software stuff with with iPadOS. But um, you know, to criticize Apple for coming out with a great product at the end of the year that makes the other products not as compelling is it's it's tough for me. So. I think I might have to give it an A. I mean, the iPad Air is really good. There was a lot of
0: lines being blurred with the iPad this year. In a way, it's it's kind of confusing. At the same time, it's like well, these consumer-based level products are pretty spectacular now and need an excuse to buy the pro products.
2: Yeah, the that pro update was really frustrating because, like, this coming up with the A12Z, which all they did was re enable one of the GPU cores and stuff. Like, why are you even doing this? Why, why even make that update? That is so insignificant. Don't even call that a new product. That was, that was a frustrating update. All you get with the pro is pro and more storage. It's like, why are you doing that?
1: Yeah, I agree that the iPad Air, I mean, it, I mean, the iPad pro update was, I mean, it was fine, but it wasn't anything to, to, to speak of, but the keyboard came with it. And that's what everybody was looking at and talking about. And, um, the fact that the keyboard works with the iPad air is, is awesome. It's just, you know, that, that iPad air was just stunning.
3: I think it's telling that when Apple introduced the iPad pro, it was the keyboard that they focused on. I mean,
1: <laughs> yeah. And I was surprised that it worked like they made it, like I, I would have thought they would have kept that for the pro. Like that's the reason about the pro. So you can get all the, all this, all this extra productivity, but no, they, it's you know you can buy it for the. I mean, it's it's ridiculous to have a three hundred dollar keyboard with a six hundred dollar iPad. But you know, if you want to, you can you can you can have that.
4: Can I uh, can I go against the flow a little bit and say that I find the Magic Keyboard quite inflexible? It's quite annoying because I, I have it I have it in the case and I open it up and you can only open it up like sort of this much before it then it then bends and goes into the laptop form and you, you can't really use it. You can't just open it up and use it as a tablet. It doesn't give you the two options anymore. And so I, I'm, I'm probably asking too much here. No, no, that's
1: that's that's what, a that's a smart point.
4: What I like from a tablet is its flexibility that it can be a laptop or it can be a tablet. And that keyboard it just forces it to be just one. And I actually find myself just stealing my kids' iPads instead so that I can use that for just scribble, scribbling something or looking up someone on the internet, whereas the other one... You
2: know. The way I always used it is if I if I just want to use this as a, a tablet for a bit, I, I just popped it off because it's just magnets and I just popped it off. And this is, this is basically my keyboard stand and, and charger. I, I thought it was really smart how they made the charge, you charge it into the keyboard and stuff so you don't know, have this cord sticking up and all. But that's a fair point.
0: So our next product category, we started the year with the Mac anticipating something would happen, and when it happened, it was, gosh darn, huge.
2: Yeah, people started to get real interested with what they announced at WWDC.
1: Which was which was very, they didn't tell us much. They just kind of said, hey, there's something big coming, and we're doing our own processors, and they're based on what we've been doing for 10 years with the iPhone, and Uh, somehow the very high expectations were surpassed
4: i think this is another of the organizational problems again because and and we should go to karen on this because karen has actually reviewed one for macwood uk but the problem is that they couldn't do everything at once they couldn't put an m1 in all of their macs at once and now we're in this weird position where the macs people bought earlier in 2020 are obsolete almost we're just sitting there going why well, it's got an intel chip it's what's the point of that you know who's going to buy an imac between now and march whenever they whenever they put an m1 in an imac um, who's going to buy a mac pro you know it's 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 a weird it's a weird sort of hillock in its product roadmap and of course there's nothing else it could have done because it, it couldn't be expected to update all the chips of all of its macs at once but it, it has created this strange limbo for some of its product where you just think "Well, what's the point of that now um, but you know I, I, I want to hear what Karen has to say about this because you know you've actually used one of these
3: yeah I mean I was I was going to talk about how um you know the obviously right at the right, just backtracking a little bit to when they introduced the m1 max in November and they made all those crazy sort of claims. Everyone's so listening to them say, you know, faster than the chips in 98% of PCs sold last year. And everyone's thinking, yeah, right, come on, Apple. And then we try them out and they really are good, you know. And and I think a lot of people sort of secretly wanted Apple to fail because they were so cocky about their claims. But actually, you know, now people are looking at these M1 Macs and they're thinking, wow, you know, what's coming? Because these are really impressive. So what we're, what we're in this now is, like David says, a bit of a limbo because we're waiting to see what's next. And there are questions about that because it's all very well on the consumer side. But when you're talking about creative pros, you know, what's Apple going to do when it comes to graphics? How are they going to compete with discrete graphics? You know, is, there gonna, is the RAM going to be an issue if it's all built onto the chip the way it is? You know, so I think it's like M1 Max, big tick in the box. But there's still so many questions about the next generation, about what's going to happen with the MacBook Pro, what's going to happen, you know, with the 27-inch iMac. It, it's kind of like, it's the creative question, the creative pros that will be sort of wondering, you know, what about us?
1: Yeah, I, I absolutely agree that there's, there are questions, but um, what Apple did with the MacBook Air and the MacBook Pro and the Mac Mini without raising prices and the performance and the battery life that it delivered I don't think we have any reason to doubt that the iMac Pro and even the Mac Pro whenever that lands is going to be, you know, what the, the people who would buy that machine need and probably probably more than that because the people who buy a MacBook Air don't need the level of power that Apple is delivering. I mean it's it's it's, it's remarkable and yeah, you're right. There were a lot of people who were cheering for Apple to try this and fall on their face, and they just came out of the gate and just just killed it. I mean, there's no other way to say it. They, whether you're looking at benchmarks or just straight up real world performance, the new the new M1 Max, they're just they're ridiculous. I, I I got one, so I had a 2016, a late 2016 MacBook Pro, the first Touch Bar, and I just upgraded to um, to the M1, and my God, it's just remarkable. I mean, granted, that's a four-year gap, but still, it's just—it's insane how fast and how long the battery lasts, and the, the responsiveness, and the performance, and the CPU load, and all the stuff that—that—that that, that you don't necessarily like, like. They kind of got all the bumps out of the way immediately, and now they can just work on, you know, figuring out what they need for the next step. I mean, every transition is going to be like this, where there's some machines are updated and some machines are, are, are waiting, but I think they were smart to do
2: these cheaper models first. So, what grade do you all give it? Give Apple for the Mac category this year.
3: I think everyone one has to, has to be an A as a sort of you know entry to the we can do ourselves. Well, it our for, for
2: Macs as a category, what do Macs. you give Apple this year?
3: Well, obviously, um, A is
2: fine, but yeah, we're, we're I mean, judging for the, the M1s,
3: yeah, there were obviously earlier in the year there were the MacBook Airs um back in march was it and you know they looked pretty good at the time (laughs) um and you know we've had updates to some of the imacs um just the 27 inches really they did at least move from hard drives to ssds at long last (laughs) so that's a good thing um and and um yeah i mean there obviously were Macs that didn't get updated this year, like last year, even like the 16-inch uh, didn't get an update. The Mac, uh, the iMac Pro, you know, kind of forgotten about. Um, so yeah, I mean, if it hadn't been for the M1s, then obviously that would be dragging the score down. But I still think that the M1s such a big, big, you know, great bit of news for Apple that that'll give them an A.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm going to agree. the The only the only tick in the box is that nagging. Um, webcam that continues to not be good, but um, based on what Apple did, I mean they basically turned around the entire Mac line in one fell swoop. I mean it's been it's been lagging and you know middling for so long, and you know as you say the the MacBook Airs that came out in March they they were good. You know we 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 got the Magic Keyboard, and so now all the all the laptops have a better keyboard. And you know it's a better processor, and and now the iMacs don't have those Fusion drives standard; they have SSDs, and storage was cheaper. And they did a lot of good things, but the M1 just just blew it blew it away. And now the roadmap is so bright and so open that you know it, it's it's hard not to say, yeah, this was this was a monumental watershed so, year. So what's your grade, Mike? I think I'm going to give it an A. Is, is that three in a row that I have A's? Jesus, <laughs> what's what's wrong with me? <laughs>
3: I've I've got a theory, actually. I've got a theory about the the FaceTime cameras. I think that Face ID is coming and Apple hasn't upgraded the FaceTime cameras yet because of that. So I think they're holding back and that's probably what we're going to be seeing. So suddenly there will be a gigantic leap in terms of FaceTime cameras.
0: Well, that's one thing I I want to ask you guys. Other than the system on a chip, Apple really hadn't done, hasn't done anything, or maybe the MacBook Air is an exception too. They haven't changed much in terms of like the feature set that comes with the Macs.
2: I mean, I gave them a B for that reason. The M1 is this ridiculous triumph. It's 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 astounding. Like it, it's so much. We wanted it to be good, and it's so much better than that, than that. But they're way. I mean, all you have to do is use any other similarly priced high end windows laptop to see how far behind apple is on all the non-processor parts of a laptop their design is ancient they have these huge bezels their webcam's terrible they they could have put uh, the whole true depth module in a thing and given us face id and stuff way back when they did the t2 they're, they're just way behind on that you got windows hello and other things display technology hasn't evolved in years there's no HDR, there's no high refresh rate, there's no variable refresh rate. Just, there's a million things that Apple should be doing with their laptops and desktops, and it's been treading water for years. And the M1 didn't change any of that.
3: The iMac hasn't changed in like 10 years.
2: <laughs> right. So, I mean, I would have given them something like a D or something just because they're making they're fine computers that work for what they do, but they're just completely treading water. And then the M1 comes out and it's so good. You know, the processor side of it is just just got such an uplift. So amazing that, you know, it it brought it migrate all the way up to a B. But they really, I mean, they're way overdue to address every other part of the computer, which they haven't done. I'm really waiting for, I mean, I'm holding my money for a redesign. I like the M1 was so great. And I just was like, I want to buy it. A Mac but I really know there's got to be something coming up here where they change any other part of it they didn't even change the battery or anything it's like literally the exact same everything except to Mike's point about not raising the price Apple saved money because they sell the M1 to themselves and everything else is the same so that part's cheaper for them
3: they, they took a 100 pounds off the uh, Mac Mini didn't they I'll take it that was the same in the US as well as in the UK yeah, that, that's, that's, yes,
1: it's that's, a, that's like that. lower now.
3: That's true. That, that's an excuse.
1: Apple
0: came out with a couple of new watches this year. There's the Series 6 and another SE branded product, the Apple Watch SE. Mike, what do you think about Apple's new watches?
1: It was an interesting year for the watch. I mean, the Series 6 is is, is extremely good. Um, but there's not a ton new with it. You got the the blood oxygen sensor is kind of the, 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 the marquee feature. They're not doing a ton with it, other than you know you can put your finger to it or and uh, or, or you can you, you 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 can get a reading. The EKG is the same. The always on display is the same. The design's the same. They they have a couple of new colors, which is which is fine. Um, the SE, I like the idea of the SE. Because it it brings a bit more affordability. It's it's so uh, the Apple Watch Series Six starts at 399. This is 2 260, uh, 260. Do I have that right? I think so. Um, so, but it's all you're you're also sacrificing a lot. You're you're giving up the always on display. You're giving up the EKG sensor. You're giving up the blood oxygen sensor. as has a slower processor, and I think that the 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 sacrifices there don't quite match up. It's not like the iPhone SE. Where Apple kind of distilled it to the things that people need while while keeping an older design. They they kind of it was too much of uh, taking the the newer design and just removing features. So while it's very good, I didn't I didn't love it. Um, again, the series six is really good, but it, it didn't it didn't it wasn't a kind of a, a, a blow away. And I don't know why they're still selling that series three. It's for two, even for two hundred bucks, it's just not anything that I would recommend to anyone. But you know, it, it's it's still the best, it's still the best smartwatch you can buy by by leaps and bounds. So I'm I'm I'll, I'll give it a B. A, a C doesn't seem right, so I'll give it a B.
4: Yeah, I've gone with a B as well. Um, I thought I, I can't really comment on the Apple Watch SE because I've not tried it. Uh, and again, like you, I like the idea of it, but I wouldn't actually want it because I'm just used to having the latest ones. Um, the Series 6 is really good. Um, and again, I'm just agreeing with you, really, Mike. Um, the things, There's not many things that are new about it. The things that are new, I think, are kind of rubbish. Um, the blood oxygen thing maybe is medically useful, but if it is, they didn't do a good job of explaining why. They just, the, the blurb, and this is the marquee feature. We're getting the same thing that we had with 5G, where the marquee feature is, not a big deal um the, the the blurb explaining it was just like oh it's a really useful overall indicator of health which is if you're not a doctor you just go oh, oh great i'm well that's that's fantastic
3: it, it um, suggests to it, me that they they can't say what they want to say because they'd be making claims that they might not be able to back up or someone might that's exactly that's exactly, or, that's know, exactly yeah.
4: it. it it's not tested to medical grade standards because they wanted to get it out without having to go through a long process of regulation so it's it's marketed um all they can market it as is a wellness gadget so the marquee feature nobody really knows what it's for and it's not guaranteed to be accurate to a medical standard but despite that i really like the Watch series 6 because i think the Watch series 5 was really good and this is like that with a couple of extra things and it's a bit more powerful and you know, that's fine. You know, it's a, it's a, an iterative upgrade and that's okay. Um, what did slightly worry me this year about the Apple Watch is that we seem to get a lot more bugs than in the past. Um, I was looking through, we've got this article about all the problems with, I know this is partly related to the WatchOS 7 rather than just the Apple Watches, um, but we were seeing all sorts of things. The watch Apple Watch SE was overheating. The Apple Watch Series 3, which obviously Mike says we shouldn't buy, but that was doing forced reboots. Where there was battery drain. There was workout data being lost. The health apps were failing to launch or losing the data. We were just getting a lot of Apple Watch buggy stuff this year. And I don't know if it's just me, but it felt like there was more than in previous years.
2: I, I agree with everything you just said, David, except I think that justifies a C to me. <laughs> it's that it, because... I, I might not have the, persuaded
4: you to go down a grade as well.
2: No, I, I had it as a C. I just, for all the same reasons that you gave it a B. <laughs> it, this, the... Um, the Series 6, it's a great watch, but I really ju- have a hard time saying why it's materially better than a 5. Because, like you said, the, what's what's the blood oxygen doing for me? What's it saying? Like I, that, And that's the real feature. Everything else, kind of the Series 5 had. Uh, and things like sleep tracking, just, you know, I'm glad they finally added it, but they did not a great job with it. Um, and I'm still using a third-party sleep tracking app because they do a better job. So, yeah... I what apple keeps trying to make it like faster and adding features and what the only feature anyone really wants out of an apple watch is way better battery life (laughs) like where's my multi-day battery life let's like i think it did
4: i'm sorry to interrupt but i think it did have better battery life it wasn't super mega you know four days or anything but i found that it was better than the previous sort of three generations it's been going down for a few generations and this was an uptick but it certainly wasn't dramatically
1: better
2: i agree but it's still it's still like you charge your watch every day kind of thing where their main competitor is giving you five days or a week right you know so and and mike can definitely speak to that because he tries all the fitbits and stuff so there i I feel like that's the only thing they really need to address they're so far ahead of everybody else and they have been for years the only thing they need to address is like stop making me charge it every day (laughs) so i give them a c
1: it's the, the the battery life. It is frustrating. Um, yeah, Fitbit does do uh, between five and seven days, depending on 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 the on the device. But it's 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 a tricky comparison because the Apple Watch does so much more. It's so much more powerful. Uh, so if you turn on all the bells and whistles with a Fitbit, you're getting like three days. And if you look at other watches like the Galaxy Watch or or Android Wear, which is or you know, well, we I mean we don't really talk about those. <laughs> But those are getting, you know, the same as the Apple Watch, one to two days. But I do agree that it does need a breakthrough in battery life. Apple has to figure it out because it's, it's going to be stagnant. It has to be stagnant until we can get there, until we can put it on our wrist and not worry about it for two to three days. That's when we'll see, like, like, like the major breakthrough. And that includes the blood oxygen stuff and all the things that Apple wants us to, to do with our watch, including, you know, the, the fitness stuff, which we'll get into later. When you have to take it off your wrist for an hour and a half a day to charge it, it's it, it, it upsets that flow.
3: Maybe this is why Apple hasn't done a brilliant job with sleep tracking. They don't want people to use it for that. You know, they've given it to you, but yeah. Yeah, the I mean, easiest then, time
1: to charge it is overnight. You're right. Yeah,
3: exactly. I was going to say similarly, C, Um, And I, the only reason I'm giving it a C is because of the SE. Because, you know, they bought in the watch SE and then you've got a, a sort of decent... Apple Watch at a lower price, the only thing that doesn't make sense is keeping the free on. Like like Mike said, you know, people shouldn't really be buying the free. Uh, how much longer is Apple going to support it for if you buy it now? You know, you've probably only got a few years, haven't you?
1: Yeah. I don't even know. Maybe, maybe one. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I, I really suspect that the SE is like the iPhone SE, going to have a, a two or three year cadence and we're going to see it still on sale this year. It's basically an Apple Watch 4, right? And, and we'll just see it, and maybe it'll get a price drop. Maybe it'll be the $200 watch this year, and the three will go away. And then that's a, then that's a good, right? That's the SE is good at, you know, $200 without. The
3: thing for me is like the SE. If you, if I was choosing between the SE and the six, I'm not like David. I don't want the latest watch. I'm not so bothered about that. But the SE is attractive because it's, it's a lower price, and I'm not that bothered about always on screen and. From what I've heard, the um, oxygen monitoring isn't all that good anyway. The ECG might be handy, but, you know, it's like I don't I don't desperately need those features so much that I'd be prepared to pay more. So I think it's good that the SE is there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I agree. It's just the price is a little tricky. If, if Apple had treated it like the iPhone and came out with a 199 Apple Watch SE with the Series 3 design, but all new internals, you know you're getting the, the latest chip the, the the latest sensors but you're getting the old design for for 200 bucks then th- then that that's a winner but right now it's it's 280 it's only 120 less than than the Series 6 which you know that, that that's a lot but it's but when you look at what, what you're getting what you're giving up it's a little bit too close in my mind to the Series 6 so We'll see. We'll see where they go. I hope that Jason's wrong about it having a two to three year cadence, because if they have, like, I think it needs to be updated annually. But we'll see.
2: If if they don't, but they lower the price and get rid of the three, replace the three with it, then that's a. I'd still buy buy an SE this yeah. year. for for two hundred bucks. Yeah, $200. I agree. Two hundred bucks. Agree. That'd be a killer.
1: Apple's not usually in the in the in the in the habit of lowering prices that much. So we'll see. <laughs>
0: Uh, We have a new category, and this is an audio category because there was some pretty big developments with Apple in this product space. This includes the AirPods and the HomePods. I would say maybe it was kind of a mixed year if you consider what happened with the two products. What do you think, Jason?
2: Uh, Yeah, this was a hard one to grade because neither of the products released this year are, are bad in any way but they also they don't quite hit the mark of where they need to be for different reasons right so the AirPods Max are great headphones but they're not $550 great like compared to their competitors in the space so they're overpriced and then you've got HomePod mini was their other sort of audio release this year and it's fine for what it is and they it's a much more reasonable price and everything but its main reason for existing now is Siri it doesn't have like the bigger home pod. You can't say oh, it's a great music device and, and Siri is just not that great <laughs> for like for, for as a smart speaker, like home thing um, it's great on your phone. But uh, so, so it was really hard to say like, wow, home pod mini is a, a great buy compared to an Alexa or Google assistant or something. Um, but the price is right, which is the, so it's the opposite of the AirPods max. So I ended up kind of, giving them a C um, but not because they made bad products, but because the, the each product sort of has this like critical flaw that hasn't been addressed. And I don't, with the AirPods Max, I don't think it ever will. I don't think they're just going to like suddenly drop a hundred bucks off the price. Um, but until Series better, I, it's hard to recommend a HomePod mini versus like a HomePod. If you're really into music, you want the, you want the better sounding one. And if you're really want a smart speaker, Series not the way to go. Like you were just saying, they the
1: opposite end of the spectrum yet, you know, both have you know, I don't know if they're critical flaws, but they're they're definitely uh, obvious, very glaring flaws. Whereas the, you know, if you had told me they were coming out with a $99 HomePod Mini net last year, I'd be all, I'd be on board. I mean, that's awesome. But it's not the sound is not just it's not just that it's not as good as a home, but I wouldn't expect it to be. It's also not as good as like the Nest Audio or, or like, the, like, the, like the Alexa, uh, not the Dot, the, the regular one, the Echo, not the Alexa. And, you know, like I, when, I, when they announced HomePod Mini, I expected to be blown away by the sound. And it's, you know, it's, it's just not there. HomePod is, is amazing. If you want an, uh, uh, an audio device, an Apple Music audio device until further notice, uh, it's it's fantastic. I mean, it it sounds fantastic. There's no other way to say it. I don't know if it's 300 is fantastic. That's 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 up to you. But it's great. The mini sounds like a small speaker. It's the bass isn't there. The 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 separation, the clarity at, at, at higher volumes. It's it, it sounds like a small speaker, which you know. I, it's it's hard to fault Apple for making a $99 speaker that sounds like a, a like a $99 speaker, but you know I just I expected more and I wanted more. And then the AirPods Max, same thing. If you had told me last year they're coming out with the uh, over-ear AirPods, that's awesome. But whoa, $550. And from I, I haven't heard them, but 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 Jason did, and he posted his review today. And you know he says, yeah, sure they're good, but not this good. <laughs> not, they're not they're that great, good, but yet.
2: but not. Not almost twice as much as Sony's XM4 is good.
1: So you know, I like the moves they made are the right ones, and I'm hoping it gets cleaned up. But there are there's too much of a reason not to buy either one to give it a a, a, a high grade. So I, I had written down B minus if we're only doing um, letter grades, and I, I'd have to give it a C also.
3: I think it's interesting that um, in the year that Apple bought out a cheaper HomePod, because you know, they, when they introduced the HomePod originally, it was overpriced and everyone was like, this is too expensive. And then about a year and a half later, they finally dropped the price. And now there they are introducing the £99 model. And at the same time, clearly haven't learned their lesson because they've gone and introduced the AirPods Max at a ridiculously high price. It just makes you think, who are they actually for? Because at that kind of price, you know, who who are the kind of people who go out and spend that kind of money, money on on headphones because and and also like it's not even as if apple doesn't know that market because they do um uh oh what's the headphone brand that they Beat? bought up? beats yeah that Beat. <laughs> they you know they they know about headphones because they sell beats so they know about overhead headphones. they know what the market sort of points are the price points that work surely so either they know something we don't or they're just crazy. Yeah, it, it's
1: almost like they wanted to consciously separate themselves from Beats, where, okay, here's Beats Studio for 350 and here's our thing for 550
2: And everything else. It's in this weird mo- no-man's land where all the other Bluetooth noise-canceling headphones are a couple hundred dollars cheaper, and then audiophile headphones are hundreds more, right? They're like $1,000 and up. So they they just stuck themselves in the middle where there's just they don't invite any direct comparison yeah, it's hard it's hard to say that it's worth that price premium.
1: And we haven't even talked about the case yet.
2: <laughs> Ugh, what <laughs> case?
4: <laughs> right, I'm going to have to disagree with some people now. I'm prepared to believe what you're saying about the AirPods Max, uh, and I haven't tried them out, and I can't believe anything is worth that much money. Although I will say that I think Apple does know the market and it does seem like they sold out and I'm uh, my inclination is if Apple says this will sell at this price. I just generally think they're probably right. That doesn't mean it's that doesn't mean it's a fair price. So fair enough, or um, well, not fair enough. But the HomePod Mini, I love the HomePod Mini. This is partly why I hate talking about audio because it's subjective and it always makes me think there's something wrong with my ears. Because because you you're both saying that the HomePod Mini has bad audio, and I think it's great. Like it does all right fair enough it does make me appreciate my full-size homepod more because that does have outstanding bass and the homepod mini cannot compete with it on that but generally it was far better than i expected for uh 99 99 pounds for us 99 dollars for you i thought the sound was good i thought it filled the room well if you have a stereo pair it's i thought genuinely really really good and I know what you mean about if you're an audiophile, you should be getting the full size HomePod. But for a, a whole um, a home, when you have the HomePod in the living room and I have the HomePod mini in here, another HomePod mini in the kitchen, that makes much more sense than trying to get a HomePod everywhere. The only thing I don't like about the HomePod mini is that uh, airplay is rubbish and keeps losing things. And there's a there's a consistent bug um, where you start playing something on your iPhone. I always prefer to play it on the iPhone rather than using Siri because Siri is unreliable and you can see the full details on the screen. But it will very quickly go independent. It will go rogue and it will decide, right, that's now playing on the HomePod mini and you've lost control and you have to go over there and tell it to stop. But other than that, HomePod mini, it got two thumbs up from me. So on that basis, I was inclined to give Apple an A minus for audio. Again, if we're not allowed to have minus, I suppose it'll have to be a B, but I thought I thought the AirPods Max were very optimistically priced, but the HomePod mini just great. Loved it.
3: I think actually what you were saying about the whole difficulty of using Siri is really that's what's the the problem with the the HomePod and the HomePod mini and to a certain extent the AirPods Max is that wouldn't it be great if these became devices that almost had an iPod inside them? So you sort of, you know, if Siri was good enough to be your means of of um, interfacing with that device, and so you could control it in just the same way as you're used to your iPods, you know, that would be great. But Siri just isn't there. It's not a way to interface with any device. You still want to be able to use touch or whatever to, to choose the options. You know, I still would rather get up and go and turn the sound up on my speaker rather than, say, Siri, to the sound up because it's just so illogical the way you sort of communicate with it. Yeah, I just th- I just think Siri's not there. Yeah, it's, not, it's just not there as a means to control these devices. And once they've worked out how you can do that so that those devices become like the HomePod, like the iPod used to be, you know, then maybe they'll have something. But right now, it's just too frustrating to use Siri to control things.
1: Yeah, agreed. Uh, well, one thing, David, I think he convinced me to go out and buy a second one to try out the uh, the multi-channel stuff, because I, I, I only have one.
4: And it's priced at a level where you genuinely could just, because I'm considering getting a third one, and I would never normally do that, but it's like it's £100, and I do like it, so I could do that.
1: And I, you know, to, to speak of nothing else, but the design is fantastic. It looks great. Um, I like the screen at the top. The, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a very nice looking. The, the wire I have issues with that it's always sticking out in a weird place and you can't. It's not, you know, it's like attached. But the, uh, the overall design of the, of the HomePod Mini is awesome. Um, yeah, Siri is the, is the, the biggest issue. I mean, there's the HomeKit is getting better in the sense that cheaper plugs are, 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 you know, somewhat, somewhat abundant now. You can set up your 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 home with uh, Siri enabled stuff for a hell of a lot cheaper than, than, than you could a year ago.
3: There's nothing like the quantity of kit, though, is there? I mean, it's just it's it's quite embarrassing, really, how little stuff there is for home HomeKit. I don't know; it might be worse in the UK, of course, but um, compared to you know the stuff you can get for Google and Amazon, it's just yeah.
1: For sure, I mean it's it's not even it's not even in the same ballpark. There's so much everything works with Alexa and um, Google Assistant, and yeah, Siri is uh, a HomeKit Siri stuff is is definitely a smaller smaller percentage of the of the larger space, but it's it's getting better. Um, Apple relaxed some of those rules a, a little while ago, and now it you know it's easier for, for people to make products that that into interface with with HomeKit and even add it to older products, but I don't know how far out we are until it can say that it's on a level with Google Assistant, but it seems like still years.
0: Yeah, Siri's got got a long way to go. Karen, what was your grade that you gave?
3: I gave a C. And I actually said the C was only really for the HomePod Mini. If it had just been the AirPods Max, I'd have given them an E. Um, At least they sound good, apparently. But, you know, it's just crazy pricing for a product. And yeah, apparently it's selling well, but you wonder how many Apple actually has on sale. It sold out, but, you know, did they only have a handful available? I
0: don't know. <laughs> Moving on to the software front, we got macOS Big Sur. We got iOS 14, iPad OS 14. We also got a new version of Clips.
1: Mm, your favorite, <laughs> Roman.
0: <laughs> so if uh, Clips, if, if anything, Clips... I think this category, Apple hit it out of the ballpark. People probably don't even know what I'm talking about because they probably never heard of Apple Clips.
1: <laughs> Roman has an inside Clips joke yes. with himself for many years.
3: <laughs> Roman must be the one and only person using it who's over, what, 21?
0: <laughs> but yeah, Apple software. What do you guys think? David, what, what, what was your conclusion on Apple's year for software? Uh, um,
4: iOS 14 had the potential to be great um the widgets are nice the ability to choose your own default apps is nice um although it's that's one of those things that we always say we want it and i was just checking i've not changed any of my default apps i just um i'm I'm completely institutionalized I've, i've just got to the stage now where i basically trust apple's default apps and i use them whenever i can because the integration will always be better and i'm a creature of habit um something I'm quite interested in is the privacy controls in iOS 14 and the fact so on the one hand I'm super impressed with the fact that Apple did this and then completely put the wind up all the online advertisers and I thought that was brilliant and I thought this is excellent they're annoying just the right people Uh, and then and then they totally backed down and they've postponed it until this year and we I don't think we even know when it's actually going to be implemented.
2: Uh, the the stuff with like um, Siri blocking cross site tracking and stuff. You mean?
3: And Facebook up in arms because you know they they make all their money out of advertising.
4: Yeah, so it's good it's good to annoy Facebook. Anything that annoys Facebook is good for me. Um, I just wish they hadn't then sort of backed down a little bit. Um, so on that side, I'm I'm quite pleased with the way iOS 14 is evolving. Um, Watch OS 7 was uh, less impressive. Um, I mean, we've already mentioned sleep tracking. Sleep tracking is the, the data that they give you is uh, facile. Uh, I think, it, I don't know if I'm using that word right. <laughs> it's, um, it's not good, the data they give you in comparison to what you get from a Fitbit, as I'm sure you guys would agree. Um, but I, I don't feel capable of talking about Mac OS Big Sur because I haven't used it yet. But other than that, you know, it's, it's been a sort of middling year. I've given it a C.
2: I do think they may have struck the right balance of saying um, uh, you just making you opt in. Instead of just like killing it, saying like, look, this is going to track you. Is that OK? And then you get to say, yeah,
3: it's a bit like on the web now where we see. I think we've been seeing it for a bit longer in the UK, where every time you go onto a website, you have to say, yes, I don't mind that you're going to have cookies about me kind of thing. And, you know, it's, it's, it's boring, but everyone just says yes, 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 yes. And I guess people are just going to get used to that. Um, when it comes on Big Sur, um, I think, yeah, I mean, it, it gave us sort of a bit of a polish, really, Mac OS X, 11 even. Um, so you've got the new icons, so it looks a bit neater. But there's not a lot to shout about. Most of the work was behind the scenes, really, making it run on M1 Max. So that's, that's a big deal, you know. But for the average person, they're not going to see any of that. They're not going to know any of that. Um, probably the biggest deal is on the M1 Max with things like being able to run um, iOS apps. That's you know that's potentially a big deal, um, and and Rosetta making it possible to run Intel Max. You know this is all all the stuff that's going on in the background that people just probably won't even realize. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a, it's almost like they had to do a little bit of a redesign just to make it look like something had changed.
1: Yeah, I, I agree about Big Sur. It was um, mainly cosmetic. I mean, it, it does feel faster, particularly with the with the M1 chip, but that's more of the the hardware than the software. I mean, I don't know what needs to be fundamentally changed before you get to into the whole touch stuff, but it does feel like they're moving in that, maybe moving in that direction where it looks, it seems more like, more iPad, more iPhone-like, whether that leads to a, a, a touch Mac in the future, I don't know. But uh, definitely cosmetic on the surface, maybe maybe more underlying stuff, but I, it's, it's not a bad upgrade. I, I, I'm not in love with the icons but it's, it's, it's okay. Uh, iOS 14, on the other hand, I, I loved it, particularly uh, coming from a, a, a part-time Android user. I thought the home screen stuff, the app drawer and the widgets and the home screen were so overdue, but they did it so well to make it seem like it they weren't just kind of following Android's lead from 10 years ago, that they did it in, in, in a new way, in a different way, in a, in a just a, a, a really slick, really smart way. And I'm completely on board with with iOS 14. I thought, it, I mean, way, way, way overdue, but uh, it brought it up to, it made it really feel like a completely new modern uh, OS again, and also shown a light, shined the light on just how much iPad OS isn't. Um, they, Apple did not do enough, hasn't done enough, other than splitting it off and having its own name. iPad OS really still follows iOS. With a couple of things here and there. Now it has a cursor, and, and and but the home screen is still the home screen. It doesn't have the app drawer, It doesn't have the widgets like it does on, on, on iOS. And uh, basically, Apple basically just threw up its hands, like, well, you know, this is like we we're not just we're just not doing this. Whereas they could have taken the opportunity to really split them off and say, okay, here's how we're doing iPad OS. Maybe it'll be more like the Mac desktop. Maybe it'll be more uh, a, a, a better better file navigation. I don't know, but. I do know that using iPad OS makes it feel like you're not using a modern tablet. It feels like, like it feels like a device that's stuck in a in a in a time from several years back.
3: Because iPad OS doesn't actually have an um, app library, does it? Is that right? Am I right?
1: It does not, right. right. Not that's yeah. right yeah. So it's
3: like it was the case that iPad OS was supposed to get some extra features because it was an iPad but this right time it was. it's
1: actually out. <laughs> yeah it has and has windows
2: are just in that today view thing they're not you can't mix them with your icons and stuff like you can on iphone so and that's another that's a step back they're, they're separating it from iphone in the wrong way the wrong way yeah
1: and you know it has to do with the, the you turn the screen and it's different there's issues there but they it seemed like they just kind of said well we'll just deal with this down the line some some, some point so uh watch OS 7 whatever you know the sleep tracking particularly on older watches is and eh. And tvOS, again, eh, it's fine. So uh, I'm going to have to say, I, I'm, I'm going to give it a B on the strength that iOS 14 really impressed me. Uh, I give
2: it a B. I, I give Apple a B for software for the same reasons you do, Mike. Um, definitely agree with iPadOS. It's like Apple doesn't seem to know how they want multitasking to work on an iPad just that they want to, there's like four different ways to multitask and they're all have different UIs and stuff. It's just, it's a total mess. They need to figure that out. They need to, I mean, they're they're slowly separating it from iOS, but they haven't gone far enough. You know, like you said, it seems like it's mostly the name. <laughs> uh, and yeah, they, they just need to do a lot more there. Uh, macOS Big Sur, like you said, it's mostly cosmetic. And I like some of the cosmetic things. I like the control panel you know change and stuff like that but uh they did so much work under the hood like karen said uh i just an absolutely massive amount of engineering that were all wrapped around this shift to apple apple silicon nobody's going to appreciate because it's they're not going to see it (laughs) but um but very impressive uh from a technical sense but yeah so that was mostly cosmetic but like you said ios 14 Man, I thought they killed it. I thought they did they never give you everything you want in an iOS update, but they give you but they did so much. They and they did widgets so right, they did the app app drawer, you know, what they call the app library, they did that so right, it's so uh, so many good things there. What they're doing on privacy and stuff, it's so good, even beyond just the tracking, the things like changing the app store rules to make everybody have to inform you about how things are you know, the The nutrition labels, as they call them, for privacy. That's great. Little lights that show you when something's using your microphone or camera. They busted, when the beta released, they busted so many apps that were secretly snooping on you. So many apps copying your clipboard, now that they tell you. Like, Apple's moves to to really start to enforce some privacy standards (laughs) are great, and nobody else is doing it. Uh, So big kudos there for that. So I give them a B overall. Oh, and uh, I, I did want to mention, outside of the OSs, I, I really wasn't impressed by the improvements to all of Apple's apps. Things like Apple Music, Maps. Maps got a bunch of features that I don't think I'm ever going to use. Um, the new map data is great, but they've been work, that, that's been rolling out slowly for a couple of years now. So, you know, they're all fine.
0: Yeah, it doesn't ever feel like pages and numbers and iMovie and all those apps will ever those were ever it doesn't seem like those will ever get major changes it just seems like they're they're forever incrementally
1: updated which is a shame because they're they're actually quite good when you need to use them for something quick i mean page numbers is better than excel it's it's good it's just yeah they never really kind of gave it the full effort that it needs to become a, a competitor to the to the big players
3: i think just love the fact that you know i can take a A pages document on my Mac and work on it on my iPhone, you know, it's available wherever I am, it's just, you know same with numbers and everything, you know, it's just the fact that it's all linked
0: Karen, what was your grade again?
3: Uh, I gave it a C um, but I thought, you know, a sort of commendation for the behind the scenes work that we don't see, you know they didn't feel like big updates but behind the scenes I know a lot of work must have been going on just to make it make the M1 sort of experience a good one
0: apple had some new developments in its services division we've got the new apple one plan which i think is a much welcomed option for it
3: i was i was gonna i just wanted to say really quickly about apple one the thing i do not understand is why they announced it when they did it's not it's not something we need yet because everyone's still got the apple tv trials and they've extended them for another three months so if you had An apple tv trial right at the beginning you've still got until like february or march so no one actually needs apple one until february or march at which point hopefully apple's going to have some better content for apple tv but all that's kind of gone out the window this year because of coronavirus so yeah i feel like i don't really understand why they announced apple one there are other things that they've held back apparently like Apple tags and everything else they've held back. Well, why didn't they hold back Apple one? What was the point in announcing it when they did?
1: I thought you were going to go the other direction and say that they should have announced it when they announced services, all of them last year. I I thought Apple one was overdue.
3: I just think that, um, that because of the whole Apple TV thing, um, I think they needed, they knew they needed the content and they wanted to give people the content for free for a year. And They did that and then they realized they needed to extend it because there weren't going to be the second seasons ready because of coronavirus basically holding everything up and so you know the way they saw it is come sort of november this year there was going to be all this extra content people were going to be happy to pay more they'd give them the apple one option they'd be able to you know get all their services together but apple you know, the, the whole Apple TV thing is what's holding it back. And I think that I think in March, you know, maybe there'll be a bigger story around the Apple TV. You know, maybe we'll see more content. We we'll maybe see a new Apple TV hardware. And that's when I would have thought the best time to announce, um, you know, the, uh, the, the, the Apple One solution would have been just seems weird to have done it already but maybe it was just something they wanted to shove under the radar you know
2: (laughs) so what do you give what grade would you give apple for their services
3: i think you know the only service that i use from apple really is iCloud because you know i had apple music for a bit and then i stopped using that because now you can get radio stations on the home pads so home pod so i just use that um and apple tv obviously i'm getting for free uh, fitness, I'm not interested in. Arcade, I'm not interested in. Apple News, I tried for a bit. It was just kind of like, you know, I didn't even go pe- beyond the free trial for that because I don't have enough time to read enough content to make it value, value worth spending $9.99 a month on. You know, um, so if it wasn't for iCloud, I'd say I'd give it an E. Um, if Apple TV, if they'd been able to make the shows that they planned to make. And they had a better offering. And if, you know, if they were to look at the content they have on iTunes, for example, and start offering some of that so that they had a better back catalogue, then maybe it would be a better sort of offering. But right now, it's is—it's definitely no better than an E, I don't think, because it's just, it, it needs work. So what, what have people been watching on Apple TV Plus? What have people actually watched?
4: Nothing. 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 It's terrible. It's awful. This has been... This has been a terrible year for Apple services. I, I'm, I'm I'm, only going to give it a D, but I, I can totally see where you're coming from, Karen. Um, but I think for services, Apple's had a terrible year. Um, you look at Netflix, you look at Amazon Prime Video, you look at Disney Plus, they are doing fantastic this year because of pandemic, because people are at home streaming. Is Apple TV Plus doing well? No, it's not because it has no library. It has absolutely nothing. And they launched with this, Piddling back catalog, then they find themselves this year, through no fault of their own, fair enough, unable to shoot, unable to make the second series of various things. But it's their own fault because they didn't have the stuff in place before. Netflix is in the same position with creating new content, Amazon Prime Video is, but they already had enough of a library that they could take advantage of people being at home. I think that's a huge misstep. And we just keep hearing nobody wants to pay for a subscription to Apple TV Plus, and they're having to give extra. Constantly more extending the trials, paying people to do it. Apple Arcade was something I was so excited about. You've all heard about me going on and on about it. But they lost their nerve with it this year. Um, We heard that they, you know, it started off, I was so excited about this, it was going to fix mobile gaming. You'll know that in mobile gaming, to make money, you have to clone somebody else or you have to have loads of in-app purchases. They created a way by which you could monetize artistically valid games that push forward the medium and then they lost their nerve this year and then they said to everybody well you've actually got to get engagement metrics you've got to be like grindstone and they cancelled a load of contracts so i will say i'm still doing apple arcade i'm still loving it there's lots of good games on there i'm still loving apple music but in terms of these two big problems tv plus not having any content and apple arcade switching its focus away from quality and towards engagement i think it's been a bit of a depressing year so a D for me.
0: Yeah, I had a question for our UK guests. Um, Ted Lasso has been well reviewed here in the United States, not just by us but other reviews as well. What what is the impression of Ted Lasso in the UK?
3: I um so when when i heard about ted lasso i thought oh it's just going to be stereotyping brits and we're going to hate it and then i watched it and i really enjoyed it so i really liked it i'd say like my three watches for apple tv are ted lasso trying and um the one about the gaming uh what's the one about the game mythic quest <laughs> i thought that was brilliant so you know i think there is some good content on there um and and, and the thing about the thing about any Sort of tv content like that is people people have their own tastes, don't they so apple's got a lot of content well they haven't got a lot of content on there but it looks even less because you have your own taste so you're not interested in watching the morning show or see you know and another person might be but it, it kind of means is there something for everyone and they're probably trying to get something for everyone but that means there's actually only two or three things for anyone
4: David you don't have any uh... I haven't seen Ted Lasso I haven't seen Ted Lasso it doesn't okay. it doesn't <laughs> That's appeal fine that's fine at all I'm I'm really sorry I have heard these great reviews and I just can't bring myself to watch it because
2: it's I'm going to I'm going to appeal again you should cuz I'm in the same boat don't care about sports don't care about soccer don't care about the whole fish out of water uk thing it is a lovely show
4: it's i mean it's two of my least favorite things it's i mean i may have totally misunderstood this but as far as i'm aware it's a football is that right or, or soccer maybe and i don't like football uh and b it's british people appearing in american programs which is always just awful like i love american television but whenever there's a british character i just go oh
2: oh no you are completely right that that's what it is but it's great <laughs> but it actually is great
3: i really thought it would be that kind of really annoying stereotypical brit and i'd hate it but it wasn't it was it felt like you know that there were people on on the sort of team writing the scripts who were actually british <laughs> it wasn't just some imagining of what it was like here
2: uh i do agree with you david that it's it's sort of a d year for services uh, apple one it's it's the bundle they needed for oh, ever since they announced services. Like why aren't you bundling these up? They did. That's good. It's kind of the only real positive thing I have to say about their moves and services this year. Um, the only one they released was fitness plus and it's, it's okay. It's fine, but it's just videos. It's just workout videos. Like there's a mil- and it puts your Apple watch metrics on the screen. So you don't have to look at your watch. It doesn't do anything to like, keep you motivated or remind you to work out or anything it doesn't do any they could have done all this nutrition stuff they could have killed my fitness pal with a way better product or something like it doesn't do anything else it's it's fitness videos like that's kind of a snoozer even if they're good fitness videos uh tv plus i thought it was had great quality at launch i thought they were doing an interesting and good thing with where they they were going to say like we're not going to have we're not going to license a bunch of content for a back catalog it's all going to be originals Great, but then you need a lot of originals, and this year they just completely fell flat. Like Ted Lasso was a great show, and then there's nothing else. There was nothing else worth watching that were like released this year. You know, after a few months in on the year, I just kind of never watched any Apple TV show. It was, um, they need like ten times as much original content, and some of that's COVID, but everyone's got that problem, and I'm watching everybody else's service and not TV Plus iCloud it works but they they need they, they haven't done anything with it there's like no the features there's the five gig free is a joke you can't back up any of your devices to it unless you pay it's it there's a lot they need to do anything at all with iCloud and it just feels like they haven't done anything with it in years yeah News Plus is still terrible and it's they haven't done anything to fix that so there's there's just a lot they need to do. Apple Music is fine for what it is, but it didn't do anything this year worth me going like wow what they did with Apple Music. So I, I give them a bad grade for services this year, Ex- with the one exception that offering them as a bundle is a good deal.
1: I, I'm yeah I'm I'm the I'm a little bit of an outlier here. I'm I'm going to give them a B. Starting with Apple One, um, I subscribe to Apple One Premier. Uh, almost immediately, because I ha- I already had Apple Music Family, I already had um, uh, uh, I was paying for the the, the three dollar a month iCloud tier with my wife. So when I did the the math, I, I ended up paying a couple dollars more for everything for everybody in my family. So I gave it to my mom, I gave it to my dad, I gave it to my brother, my my son. So now we're we're all looked up uh, linked up. We have we have tons of iCloud storage. Um, I do agree that um, it's ridiculous the five gigabyte. ridiculous but the the prices for iCloud storage particularly if you get that bundle is you know pennies it's it's not they're they're not charging much which leads me to wonder why they don't just up it to 15 gigs like Google does and make everybody happy but so I I thought Apple one particularly Apple one premiere was fantastic I had no interest in news plus now that I have it I do look at the magazines every now and again fitness plus I like a lot I'm a I'm a Peloton person so I do work out with the screen uh, three to four times a week already. Um, I like the link up with the Apple Watch. I think they have a, a compelling mix of of, um, of performers uh, of, of, of instructors. And you know, I think it's, it's for for what it is. I think it's a, it's a good $10 a month service. And um, I don't know. I think Apple TV Plus is all right. <laughs> I like Servant. I like Morning Show. I like Ted Lasso. I just start, I, we just started watching that. I didn't finish it, but there's a, there's a new uh, Wind Walkers movie. It's a it's an animated show that that was that was great. Um, and they, they they made a lot of moves in 2020. They they partnered with Scorsese, with Leonardo DiCaprio, with um, John Stewart. They have um, uh, Fraggle Rock coming. They 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 bought all the peanut stuff. Like they're they're making the moves that I feel like they need to make. My my problem with Netflix and Amazon which I pay for and have and like that you have to search through this giant mountain of stuff to find one good thing. Apple TV plus, yeah, maybe there's nothing there that I want to watch on a daily basis, but um, I can look at it quickly, see what's new and move on. I don't have to, I don't have to you know, dig through a, a pile of stuff to find something that's compelling. I think that, I mean, maybe I'm crazy and wrong. But I think Apple. I think Apple is smart to focus on quality over quantity. And yeah, it's it's it was terrible timing that the pandemic hit and shut down a lot of productions right when they were presumably getting the ball rolling. And they should have had a lot of that kind of stacked before they launched. Which you know they had some shows, but but clearly clearly not enough. But I think Apple TV Plus is, is primed for a, a, a fairly bright, immediate future. You know, Servant's coming back, I think, next week. And Apple, they, they just teased this morning that a Morning Show will be back and a whole bunch of other stuff. So, you know, we'll see what the rest of the I year do agree like.
2: with you that they're making a lot of good moves and doing a lot of good investment and stuff like that. But I don't want to give them any credit for 2021 when I'm grading them on 2020, right, or or, or the future.
1: Uh, yeah, okay. I mean, I I understand that point, but I think the 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 production deals need to happen before the production content comes. But yeah, I I, I understand what you're saying. So yeah, I, I give it a, I give it a B. I'm, I'm happy with Apple, the Apple One bundle. I wish it would have come out a year ago. Um, uh, Apple Arcade, like I my son loves it. You know, like there's things that Apple is doing that I think are are smart.
2: Well, you reminded me. I did want to mention uh, since David brought it up, Apple Arcade, man. Like you, David, an service I was so excited about, and I was, and I've, I've fallen off using it so much, and I'm just so frustrated by, it's all because they have a dumb policy of like, well, it can't yeah. appear anywhere else, and if they only would let them, just let iOS developers say like, well, you can buy it in the store, and if you have arcade, it, you just get it free, and then it just opens it up to a million great games that are like not not the games with all the microtransactions there's a million great games out there that are just you know 499 or whatever uh that would be amazing apple arcade editions, if not for apple's policy of just like it only being Apple Arc apple arcade or nothing and it's just oh, so frustrating
4: yeah like rains rains was a great yes. game but they couldn't have Reigns because it had already appeared in the App Store normally, so they had to make a new version of Reigns, Reigns Beyond, right. I think it was, and it had a new theme that doesn't really fit. And it's okay, but
2: and and you know, right? Dead Cells, Terraria. You can, I mean, just go down and look up the whole list of premium iPhone games that are just would be awesome in Apple Arcade, and they just don't don't allow them to
1: do it. I suspect that'll that'll change you know, within a year or two, but yeah, you're right. It's a silly, it's a silly policy, but it's very Apple to have that policy. We have
0: one last category. We've come to the end of our report card. Uh, This is a other category that we came up with. It's basically a potpourri of uh, other stuff that Apple did. So anything that maybe we didn't cover here in the other categories. Uh, Since I started with Jason, why don't I wrap up with Jason? What do you have for us in the other category?
2: it's tough to grade because it's just sort of miscellaneous stuff that's all on, on the fringes anyways and could be ignored i kind of gave it a c because i think some of the stuff that apple's doing like ultimately i think it's the right thing not to include power adapters in most of their products right and 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 they've lowered the price of power adapters which is good but their power adapters aren't great like they really everyone else is making these gallium nitride power adapters that are smaller and better and it's and, and cheaper and stuff so like make a better power adapters at least so that when we're spending money, they're good. Um, and we're in this weird transition period where it's the first year they're doing it and it's rough for everyone. And I think a lot of their accessories and stuff that Apple made are kind of mediocre. Like so, things like the MagSafe duo is not good. Uh, the MagSafe wallet's not good, but things like the solo loop are, you know, so they're, they're kind of hit and miss on, on the accessory front this year i think uh, the magic keyboard for the ipad was really good but overpriced um so so in that sort of miscellaneous stuff category i think apple's kind of hit and miss and they're in a weird transition period right now with the whole like power adapter <laughs> ecological movement everyone's going to be doing this that we've already heard apple's competitors who all made fun of them for this how their next phones are not coming with power adapters so
4: it might it might sense from a ecological point of view you're right except that if they were doing it for that reason they would have made it so that the phones are compatible with previous power adapters instead you know magsafe and the ports uh, is USB-C
2: this year isn't it so you can't well it's it's still lightning on your phone and you can still use your old lightning power adapters that aren't USB-C and stuff so that they do they still still work i,
4: I don't know I, I don't really buy the ecological point of view obviously that's what everybody is going to use as a justification um but it it wasn't implemented in a way which convinced me ecologically um but yeah you're right i think that's what people should do um but they should make it easy as easy as possible for people to use their old adapters with the
1: phone i mean sure but the old adapters were sucky (laughs) they gave us crappy adapters for way too long so you, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I understand we, both sides of this issue. Um, I'm, I'm all for, as someone who has, I don't know how many, three dozen, USB-C power adapters in my within arm's reach, like I'm fine with it. But I'm, I'm the rare case. So someone who's updating from an older iPhone, they're going to have to buy an adapter anyway. Like I understand that whole argument, but it, it had to happen at some point. Just like just like the removal of the of the 3.5 millimeter audio jack, like at some point Apple was going to do this, so you might as well just rip the band off and just do it. So um, I'm okay with that. I'm glad that they are providing a Lightning USB-C power cord or or cord cable in the in the box. Um, So the one that you know when you buy one, like that's it. You're not going to you're not going to have to buy a second one. So at least there's that. Um, My biggest other category thing was um, just the Apple presentation, not not to completely and totally shift gears, but the the, the presentations this year were awesome. The uh, WWDC, the the, the iPhone, Apple Watch, and the Mac event, man, they were just killer. They were fun to watch, fun to cover, Uh, rewatchable, engaging, short. Uh, no applause break. Like there is so, I can go down the list of this, how much better this was than every other so Apple event. So much better the than the this best.
2: stage presentation.
1: Oh, man, so much better. Yeah. I, I hope they keep them. Like They were done for a reason, but I hope that there's someone at Apple high up says, hey, maybe we should do this more often. Because they well, now, great.
3: You well, know, now, now Apple's you've got Apple TV. You'd think they'd have some sort of understanding of production values and making good quality content and everything, so
1: yeah agreed and i know so we'll see if they do that more often down down the line but it was great um i agree with jason the the magsafe stuff was entirely underwhelming the 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 technology is cool and third party people have already come out with some some great accessories for it but apple's ones are like overpriced and like why (laughs) so
3: i wanted to mention a bit of a wild card actually um this isn't strictly speaking consumer but something about it made it a little bit more applicable to consumers I thought and that's the um, the fact that Apple split its shares four ways so back in August we went from like about 400 and something or about 400 dollars a share to a hundred it's now about 120 something but, but you know it just made it a little bit more affordable so that people and i'm not i'm not saying go buy apple shares because it's very volatile and right now you know it went down the other day and everything else but you know it's it's really interesting to see that as something that people you know people who want all the latest apple products you know actually you can buy apple shares for not a lot of money now so i thought that was worth mentioning
1: yeah they're they're stuck uh, performed quite well this year. I think it's two and a quarter trillion right now. It's 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 ridiculous. Yeah.
3: And at the end at the end of the year, I think it saw its highest ever level, and that's in a year where you know COVID happens. And and yeah, Apple's financials were just doing so well. you are one of those
2: companies that benefits from the fact that everybody suddenly needed more computers and things to do homeschooling and all that other stuff, right?
1: I'll, I'll, the, I'll give it a, the a, a b of sorts but it's not really i don't there's no reason i have no idea why <laughs> it just feels right
3: yeah i think for 2020 apple's financials probably given age. Yeah,
1: and they also did a lot to help you know uh they donated a lot they they contributed f- uh factories for ppp stuff like they did a lot um that they what they could do as a you know, trillion dollar corporation to help, to help the, as, as people were, were, were reeling through all this.
2: And really on the forefront of like closing down stores and stuff like that before there were specific mandates to like being concerned about the health of their customers and their employees. Without layoffs too. Mm-hmm.
4: Would, would Apple's um, disputes with its developer partners come under other, or should that be under services? It, Cause it's been a bit of a spiky year. Um, it's an interesting one because the headline dispute was with Epic over Fortnite. And Epic is just a great, a great enemy for Apple to have because they're really annoying and they tweet literally annoying comments about everything. And I, and I think they're probably wrong. And I, I would side with Apple in that particular fight. But I think in general, the point that they're raising is totally fair enough, is that Apple has too much power in its relationship with its developer partners and people like Spotify and what was that email app um quite early on in the year Hey It's just yeah Hey Yeah I th- I think um I think Apple has been quite high-handed recently and towards the end of the year they they I think they they took that on board and they eased back and they they softened the rules and they said you can appeal against App Store um, decisions and so on so
2: The appeal process thing is very good.
1: Yeah, they 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 lowered their rates which is good. Well, it's well within thing. within tiers. It's like a million dollars, or for, you know, depending on yourself. Yeah, their yeah.
2: whole their whole like small business fifteen percent enter a separate program. What a mess! They just make it fifteen percent for yeah, your first million, really no matter. It, but who at least you it's are. something better than yeah. it was. But but the appeals process is a really good point. That there's it used to be like if they, if you had a problem and they wouldn't let you publish on the App Store for whatever reason, it just you just got a form letter and that was it. And to have a formal appeals process where you have human beings look at stuff, and it's already paid off with one of my favorite apps, Amphetamine on the on the Mac, already got rejected, a, appealed to a human, and and reinstated. So that that's long overdue. David, do
0: you have a, a final grade? I'm gonna say B because that's just inoffensive, isn't it? You can't
4: go wrong with a B. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, I think that wraps up our report card for 2020 and that does it for this week's episode of the Macworld podcast. It's episode 726. I'd like to thank Jason Cross. Thank you. Karen Haslam. Hi,
3: thanks.
0: David Price. Thank you. Thanks to Michael Simon. Thank you, sir. And thanks to you, the audience. Thank you for tuning in. You can subscribe to the podcast via the podcast app through soundcloud.com or on Spotify. If you have any comments or questions, send us an email at podcast at macworld.com, or you can contact us through Twitter, that's at Macworld, or on the Macworld Facebook page. Join us in the next episode of the Macworld podcast as we talk about the latest news and happenings in the world of Apple. See you next time.